When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Scene Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I am incredibly excited to bring you Katherine Kelly, Fast and Flow, onto the podcast today. We are talking all things marathon training, running, and her personal journey, as well as what it means to be strong over skinny. Just sit back and relax, and we'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Today, well, I'm going to say hello and welcome back to the podcast, but today we've got Catherine Kelly, also known as Fast and Flow, on. Um, This is going to be a podcast, video, all kinds of things. Catherine Kelly is in London. She's been in London for about 24 hours. How are you finding it so far? (laughs) I am obsessed with London. I've only been here once before and I knew I was going to be obsessed with it, but now I want to move. So <laughs> ooh, we'll have to see what my fiance thinks, but <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I've been a huge listener, huge follower of you and your content, your podcast. I am elated to have you on today. Thank you for making the time. But I wanted to start and just have you give an introduction to yourself, even though lots of people probably know who you are, but <laughs> I feel like you should just own the floor floor for a little bit and yeah. share a little bit more about you. No, for sure. Also, I'm so glad that we were able to meet up in person. Like it's definitely it's nice that we have like Zoom and video chat now, but nothing will ever replace meeting someone in person. Oh, this is the first in-person podcast, by the way. Oh, I've never done an in-person podcast. Me neither. So, <laughs> so bear with us. I'm like sit straight. Look, they can see you. I was, I was telling Liz, I'm like normally I record my podcast from my bed. So, this is a step up. But anyway, yeah, I'm Catherine Kelly, Fast and Flow. If you guys follow me on TikTok or Instagram, I live in New York City. I'm a long distance runner, primarily. The marathon distance is my favorite. I always say, I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if I had chosen a shorter distance? But it turns out I love the marathon distance. My grandpa was a huge marathon runner. So that's always something that's like really, really inspiring to me. And I'm chasing after his PR. I'm going to be running Chicago this year, 2024. So that's going to be like my big goal race for this year. I ran New York last year and that was a huge breakthrough moment for me kind of going and we'll talk about this a little more in the podcast but going from being more of just a runner to actually a racer and like kind of putting strategy behind my training. Um, So I ran a 312 at New York which was huge breakthrough moment for me um, and just kind of made me be like what else can I do like I really felt like invincible which was a cool feeling but for my day job I actually work at a company called Tonal which is a connected fitness company. I do corporate strategy for them um, which is awesome awesome. Liz and I were just talking about this, but it is really cool when you can have, you know, a corporate job that actually is super aligned with your true passion. So though I am working more on the finance side, I'm working for a company and a product that I really believe in, which I feel like just keeps me going every single day. I work remotely, which is awesome. So I can just come to London and work, which is so nice. Previously, I was working in investment banking. So I feel like I really appreciate now having a lot more flexibility. And that's not something that will ever go unnoticed. In my personal life, I am engaged. We're going to get married in a few months, which, yes, is a lot of work. So if you're (laughs) thinking about getting engaged, don't just think about the ring. Think about all the planning that you have to do. You know what I mean? 
Like, I was like, oh, I have the ring now. And then everyone was like, well, when's the wedding? I was like, oh, okay. We have to actually plan that now. But yeah, engaged to Brett. And he's also a runner. I've gotten him into long distance running. So I'm taking a little bit of credit for him, you know, finding his passion through something that I was doing. Um, And we have a little labradoodle named Lucy. And unfortunately, Brett couldn't make it to London. But Lucy, Lucy is home with her dad right now, her dog dad. And uh, we're here. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me. That's awesome. Well, I feel like the first thing that I want to talk about is like how you juggle it all because I feel like lots of us watch your content, listen to you on the podcast, and like you work a full-time job, you run, you train, you strength train, you are a certified PT, soon to be certified running coach. You recently became an F45 instructor and you run a podcast. How do you do it all? So I am somebody who clearly like is passionate about a lot of things. I have a lot of passion in me. And when I feel like I want to do something, I'm kind of like, why would we wait? Let's just do it. And that mentality is great. Like it, it kind of, I think there's, you know, a lot of people who kind of just ruminate on doing something for so long. I'm like, just, just, just go and do it. Just go and try it. Um, and you really can't lose anything from like going and trying something. Like say I had started my Instagram and I was like, you know what? I don't like it. Okay. It's fine. Like if it didn't work, move on, do something else. But recently actually like over the Christmas break, I had off from work. And so I had some time to kind of think about, (laughs) okay, all the things I'm doing, do I want to continue those into 2024? where do I want to spend my time? Because time is a limited resource and it's the most limited resource that you have. And I feel like we give it away so freely to things that might not be our highest priority. So that was really something that I had to like sit down with myself and journal on and like reconsider, do I want to be doing all of those things going into 2024? And some things I actually chose to step away from because spreading myself too thin. And I have people ask me all the time, like, how are you doing all this stuff? And to be honest, like I'm just a human. I only have 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week. And sometimes when I'm trying to do too much, like unfortunately things are not done at the highest quality that I would want them to be done at. And so I had to take a step back from doing F45 coaching, which I did for a month, literally only a month. And that's not something that's easy. Like when you start something and you really want to commit to something and you really love something, it's not easy to be like, you know what? I might have not made the right decision, but that's kind of something I was talking about. And, you know, I want to talk about my own podcast too, but actually sometimes quitting is the best thing to do for yourself. Quitting so that you can spend more time on the things that are like the highest priority importance to you. And so I kind of stopped doing brand partnerships for a while. Like I'm in that period now, stop doing the podcast every single week so that I can really focus on my Instagram. I can focus on my training, um, you know, for this whole year for some half marathons coming up and for Chicago, focus on my wedding and then focus on my corporate job, which is actually, again, something that I really love and is really meaningful to me. So kind of had to think about what are the top three things that I want to spend my time doing. That way I can really give it my all rather than, you know, spreading myself way too thin and not having enough time. So, you know, like whatever you see people post on social media, if they're doing everything or if they're doing something different than you are, it doesn't necessarily mean they're doing the right things. Everyone's just living life for the first time and trying to figure it out. And so I always want to be like super candid and open about hey, I tried this. It didn't work. Like I thought this was the right path. It's actually not. And that's just part of being human and kind of like living through life. So yeah, I do think it's really prioritizing the things that really matter to you, which is, you know, kind of what I just stated. Absolutely. And lots of people know you for your running. And I feel like something that I've really loved about like listening to your running journey, and I would love to hear more is like, how you went from like running your first marathon at I think 1819 mm-hmm. and sort of 
the things that have changed over time in terms of like how you maybe viewed things then in terms mm-hmm. of like not just the running but how you fuel yourself nutrition and how you just like go about your training day to day versus like how you prepared for New York I feel like there was a lot that I heard from your podcast and your content around like how you changed your approach to it and how I mean clearly it made a worlds of a difference um, mm-hmm. in your run at New York so do you want to talk more about like your running yep. journey yeah absolutely and this is still one of those questions that I obviously get every single time and it's like one of the hardest things to put into a nice little bow and like say it concisely because there's just so much but basically I ran my first marathon when I was 19 years old Uh, I ran a 502 and this is just coming from my perspective like running a marathon in general literally walking a marathon just covering that distance is crazy like that's not something that most people ever do that's like such a testament to endurance, no matter how fast you're going, like to be able to endure that time on your feet, actually probably the slower you're going, the more of that endurance mindset that you have to have because it's just such a long period of time. But the thing for me is like, I knew, I just knew that I had way more in me and I was honestly disappointed in myself because I was super injured. I had lost a lot of weight. I was not training in a way that was beneficial to my body and I also just was not fueling myself in a way that was beneficial to my body and I I just didn't feel good like I crossed the finish line I didn't feel good I was disappointed in myself and like that's also something that's taking me so long to even admit because like to my family I was like yeah like I'm so happy blah 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 but like I really wasn't I wasn't happy with myself and it's kind of because I knew like I had gotten in my own way like I knew I had so much more in me and I wanted to give so much more but basically From that time on, so I was 19 to when I was 23 is when I ran my next marathon. So there was a long period of time where I wasn't really training. A lot of this coincided with me working in investment banking. I didn't have the capacity to train. I would go out a few times a week and go for a run, but it was like quite literally for mental health. I mean, I started getting into running for the mental aspect of it. And then it kind of, you know, transpired into more, but I would just literally running, running has been my saving grace. Like it, that's not a hyperbole. Like that is, it's so true. Like it has literally saved me from everything. Like it saved me from myself. It saved me from my own mind. It saved me from being overworked. Like it's just been the thing that's been kind of like the motif that's gone through my whole life. It's always consistently been there for me. But once I moved out of investment banking and I had a little bit more time, I was like, you know what? Let me start signing up for races again. And so I did, I started signing up for half marathons Signed up for another marathon I ran in 2022, which was the Brooklyn Marathon, which they actually (laughs) didn't offer this year because the course was just so bad. (laughs) It was really bad. There was like three loops of Prospect Park in there, which for anyone who's from New York, that's like just so much elevation. It was just not fun. (laughs) But And I started to kind of realize that I had way more in me. I was at, at this point, a much healthier relationship just in general with like food, my body, running, and so... I didn't even really do anything that different for my second marathon. I was like, okay, I still didn't have any structured training. I was just going out, running however many miles a day, making sure I was getting, you know, 40 miles a week, something like that. That was literally it. That was my only objective. I didn't have any speed work. I did some long runs, but nothing was structured. And so just off of that, I ran a 331 without any speed work. And that, this is not to be like, oh yeah, I ran a three third. Like it's literally to be like, when you fuel your body, everything else is so much easier. Like you, and I just feel like a lot of people get into running for the wrong reasons and end up sticking with it for the right reasons, which is awesome. Like, you know, I'm glad that, you know, that's being talked about more too. I think, especially with a lot of females, just like 
running to look a certain way. And it's like, yeah. you don't competitively train to look a certain way. You competitively train to perform. And that's also something I'm, like, I'm very open about talking about on my social media and my podcast. Like if you're training for a marathon, it's not, it's, you don't train to look a certain way. That's no. not, that's not why you're doing it. You will gain weight. <laughs> yeah, you probably will. It's like really, really common. And honestly, probably a lot of it is going to be muscle. Some of it might be fat, but like, that's kind of not really the point. I think it's, if you're in that mindset of like being so worried about weight gain or weight loss or whatever it is, it's really, really hard to like train optimally. Mm -hmm. And weirdly enough, marathon training has actually, I mean, maybe not weirdly enough. I think a lot of people share the same perspective, but has made me respect my body so much more for what it can do and has made me want to just like do everything, all the recovery, all the fueling, like every, I'm like, whatever it needs, sleep, anything to make sure that I'm as healthy as possible. Because I'm like, I want to do this for a really long time and I want to feel really good while I'm doing it. And yeah. when I wasn't fueling myself, literally like I would be doing a run that was 10 miles and by mile eight, I'd be like, like so dizzy. That's oh not normal. You like were talking about this the other yeah. day and I used to have this like post long run feeling almost like hungover. Yeah. That's how I could describe yeah. it. Literally, because yeah. you're just so depleted. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. Like, I just want to <laughs> put that out there. Like there, I finished my long runs, it could be 20 miles. I feel great. Like there's a way to do really intense training and like a high volume of training while still feeling good. And mm -hmm. that just all goes again, back to the fueling and recovery. Like I think about this a lot, like <laughs> Olympic athletes are like clearly doing much higher volumes of training than like we are, but they're very healthy, right? And they're performing at literally like the maximum capacity that you can in the world yeah. because they're recovering. And again, this is their job. So they have time to do a lot more of this, but they're recovering so hard. They're probably eating two to three times as much as we're eating. And like, it's just really cool to see what your body can do when you actually start to love yourself. And so yeah, that's, that's honestly like the mental shift of just like loving yourself. And then the physical stuff will just follow. Like you honestly don't even have to worry about the physical stuff that will just follow. So second marathon ran a 331. And I was like, okay, I think I actually have something here. Like if I put structured training behind this, mm -hmm. how far can we actually take this? Yeah. So New York this year was the first time joined a run club. I'm now involved in several run clubs in New York, some social run clubs, some competitive run clubs, but that changed the game for me. And I know some of these things might seem annoying when people are like, find community, find your people. That will literally change your life. Like it's crazy. And I'm so fortunate to have found so many people and made connections through social media too, that then become like real life connections. And now we're running together, like literally podcasting together. Like this wouldn't have happened if we didn't both do social media, which yeah. is crazy. So I joined a competitive run club and I was like, oh my God, like this how am I supposed to do this? Like, this is crazy. But the thing is you just start doing it and then it's not crazy anymore because all you have to do is take one day at a time. Like I would look at the schedule and be like, okay, I just have to do this today. Kind of seems like a lot, but all you can do is take one step at a time. Like when you really break it down, all you can do is take one step at a time. And like, those will all compile over time. And then you're going to be like where you want to be. And so it was really just like breaking it down, taking one day at a time, like and seeing other people around me who were also training competitively because I didn't even think it was like a possibility. Like the, the things that I thought I could do were so limited. And that's why I talk about this a lot too. Like running competitively has made me believe in like every area of my life that I can do literally so much more than, that, than I thought I could do a couple years ago, which is so cool. But yeah, and I kind of, you know, again, started going through structured training, which I can talk more about that if you want, but it, 
obviously, you know, it works. Like when you follow a plan and you adhere to the plan, it's, it's not magic. There's no shortcut. There's no magic pill. It's showing up literally every single day yeah. for yourself and putting in the work. And you got to give yourself a little bit of tough love sometimes because especially at the beginning, and I even realized this after I didn't train for eight weeks. I just, you know, after New York, I took like eight weeks off of doing any like running training. Yeah. Um, and I was still doing easy running. Like I've been running five days a week for almost 10 years now. Mm -hmm. That's it's that's like my steady state I, that's what I love to do as I said that's been the thing that's been there for me like through and through and like my mental health so so I was just easy running and as I've gotten back into training these past couple weeks like it has been like oh my like pulling oh my god like just just finish the interval just finish the interval like so hard for me to do yeah and that's like that's a mental battle that's not a physical battle I'm like I know I can physically do this I was doing this times three mm -hmm. a couple months ago it's a mental battle yeah and yeah I mean you can you can gain that and you can lose that but I think the beautiful thing about that is you can train you train your mind mm -hmm. to like not give up yeah. And that's not something that is going to happen in a month. Like that's just like day after day after day, like years of just training your mind to be stronger and stronger. That's why I love endurance running. So anyway, <laughs> I cannot answer any question quickly. So there you go. It's fine, it's fine. But let's talk. Okay. But New York, what was the goal time? Yeah. So New York, I wanted to go. No, it was not 312. So I... <laughs> So as I said, I had ran a 331 in 2002. And I was like, all right, you know what? I think I can do a 320. Which maybe if you've never run marathons before, you're like, oh, 10 minutes. Like that, that's not that's, that's not much. But when you start to like actually get down into what the mile times are and what you have to be splitting, like improving your mile splits for 20 seconds over 26 miles is yeah. such a feat. It is so much time. And that's why like endurance running, it, it's not very forgiving. Like because you have to be able to sustain something for hours on end. So it's not, it's not forgiving. That's why I always talk about like your running form is so important. Your running efficiency is so important. Like getting those smaller things right before you even start training. Like I always talk about building a base and like, because you need to be able to be in it for the long haul. Right. And so anyway, my, my goal was 320, which was going to be about a 740 mile pace. And so going from an eight minute mile pace to a 740 mile pace, again, for 26 miles is like, I was like, that's, you know, that's a decent chunk. Mm -hmm. Just think about doing that for one mile and then, you know, multiply that by 26. So it's like, all right, but I think, I think I can do it. Like I'm believing in myself. I think you can do it. I'm putting it out there. And like putting your goals out on social media too is like also nerve wracking because then you're like, well, now these other people are expecting me to perform. Like I said, I was going to, to that, I would say nobody cares about your goals as much as you do. Seriously. Like not in a way of like, oh, no one cares about you, but it's like literally no one cares as much as you do. So that I, like that really encouraged me. Like, don't be afraid to just say what you want. Just say what you want and put it out there because even if you don't get there, you're going to get so much farther than you were going to if you didn't speak it into existence. Like yeah. I would speak it into existence. I would write it down in my journal every single day. I was like 320, 320, like we're going, like it just became so normal for me mm -hmm. to think that, that I was like, I felt like I'd already done it because I was like, I just kept repeating it and saying it and writing it down. And I was like, okay, we're going to do it. Like there's yeah. no question in my mind. But obviously when you train for a spring marathon or a fall marathons, you're starting in like the dead heat of the summer. Yeah. So that is like really difficult. And there were, I mean, I don't know how the weather was here, but there were like a month of time in New York where it was so humid. Yeah. 95 degrees every day, very hard to run. So I started training and I was hitting, when I would do my tempo miles, which basically are just like, those are like fast continuous runs that you're practicing typically at like your goal race pace and yeah. so most of your running is not done at your goal race pace <laughs> no. and we'll talk about that later 
But those tempo days, my tempo Tuesdays, I was, you know, hitting like a 740 and I was like, okay, I'm only hitting it for five miles and it feels really hard. Like, how am I supposed to do this? You know, but you just keep trusting the process. You trust the training plan and you keep going. And so as the weather started getting colder, I started realizing, oh, like, okay, now I'm actually at like 730 for these. And now I'm up to like 10 miles at that pace. I'm at 730. And does it feel easy? No, no, it's not easy. And it's not fun. Like, and I want to get that across very clearly. Like, if you're really going out there to race, it is not fun. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. And there's different reasons to run a marathon and not every marathon I run is going to be like as fast as I can. Like that's just, I would love to just, you know, do all the world majors and like have fun and do them. And that'd be awesome. Like you don't need to run a marathon for your fastest time. Just want to say that. Cause there's a lot of different reasons that people run, but anyway, this is kind of the season of my life where I'm like proving to myself what I can do. And it's mm. really cool. And so I started at, you know, 730, 720, 715, like 710, 705, like, and it just kept going down and down and down. And the mileage was getting longer on these tempo runs. And I was like, oh shoot, like maybe I can't, maybe I'm kind of like hampering myself by saying I'm going for a 320. Mm. So I never changed like what I was saying on social media. I was like, you know what? Let's just keep it at 320 because I don't want to freak myself out and like get too overzealous because this was really happening in like end of September and October. So maybe like five or six weeks to go is when I really started to be like, hmm, okay, may maybe there's more, mm -hmm. but I just didn't know. I can't, I really kept that to myself. I really didn't tell anyone else. And I, I don't know how else to explain it other than like from the start of the race, like from mile one, like going over the Verrazano bridge, I was just like, no, you're, so actually the time that I had in mind at that point was 310. Mm -hmm. And I stayed with the 310 pacer for 22 miles. And then the last few miles, I ended up slowing down by like 15 to 20 seconds per mile, which I finished in 312. But from the start of that race, I was like, you're like, you deserve this. You're doing it. And I just like kept repeating that to myself again, like going back to the fact that it's such a mental battle. It really, really is like, and I said this a lot during my training, but like your mind is going to give up 99% of the time before your body does truly. And like, it is a protection mechanism because your mind is, you know, and it's also a proprioception thing. I was actually reading this in my running certification that I'm doing, but like, even if you're not actually feeling any pain, your body will like assess how fast you're running, assess how fast you're moving and like interpret pain mm. before you're actually like in a spot where you're actually feeling pain. Like, mm. so it's so mental and yeah, it's, it was really just me being like, you can do it. You can do it. Like you're going to go for a 310 and like, I obviously didn't end up getting 310. The 310 pacer slipped away from me the last few miles. And I was like, I, you can't even think clearly at that point. I was yeah. like, you you guys go. Like, I <laughs> have fun. <laughs> I'm going to be back here. And at that point, I was like, whatever happens, happens. But yeah, I mean, it was just a crazy day. And like, and there were definitely a lot of miles like going through Brooklyn where you're, you're, you're feeling good. It's like, the first 10 miles, there's a little bit of downhill in there. Like the crowds are going crazy. And I just kept seeing like 655, 655. I was like, ooh, ooh. Like I, there's, we got to slow down a little bit yeah. because there's no way, like, listen, you believe in yourself, but I did not train to that time. Yeah. Can I, can I run a marathon 655 splits? I think I can, but I just hadn't trained to it. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, we got to be smart. We're in it for the long haul here. So I had to slow myself down a little bit, but it was like, I don't know. It was just honestly an electrifying feeling like New York is, we were just chatting about this before, but there's like no other race with that energy. It's mm. crazy. And so, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think like 
<clears throat> what you were saying about like essentially having to be your biggest cheerleader is like such yeah. a huge thing with like running and like running really any distance like when you start like racing like the shorter distances like those also like are just so <laughs> painful and so suck. painful but it's just like you're the only person even if you're running somewhere like new york and you've got like crowds cheering you on like I feel like you you have to be the person that's like keep putting one foot in front of the other and like that's such a huge part of it but I think also something that I really admire with like your training that like I like I went into Chicago training last year being like I don't know what I'm capable of but like I'm just gonna ask my coach and she was like yeah I think you're capable of a BQ 330 and I didn't believe it mm -hmm. and like the way that you speak about like you know putting it out into the universe and saying it like I feel like I had such a fear in like even saying it out loud and being like, because I didn't truly believe that I was capable of it. And I feel like you have such an, like a, I guess like great approach in terms of like believing in yourself, even if you are putting it out on social media and online to the world that like pr you're projecting, like I am chasing this time. And like, no matter what anyone says, no matter if I get it or not, like, this is me, this is for me. And I feel like sometimes like that can like, I don't know if you've ever experienced like that, like playing into like your training or like just kind of like, yeah. almost like imposter syndrome. I was just about to say imposter syndrome. And honestly, like even going past running, but like when I was first starting my Instagram, I was like, mm. I work in investment banking. Like, what do I think? Like, I'm gonna be an influencer? You know what I mean? Like. It's just such impossible. But I was like, I have something really meaningful that I wanna share. And social media is literally free to share the things that you're most passionate about. I was like, how can I not do this? I have so much passion in me and so much information that I wanna share. And, but yeah, I mean, even felt like an imposter with that. I mean, <laughs> I constantly feel like an imposter to be honest, like even as I get older and like, even like, I don't know, getting engaged. I'm like, I feel like I'm 18. Like, I feel like an <laughs> imposter. Like I'm planning a wedding and it's, I'm not, I'm like fully old, but you know, I don't know. You just can have an, and, and I think it is honestly common, like really common among women to mm -hmm. be like just doubting themselves. And mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, but I worked for all of this. Like, how am I still having imposter syndrome? Like I've put in the work every step of the way, but still I'm like, oh, I don't know how I got here. It's just mm -hmm. weird that I'm, it's like, no, it's not like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I put in the work every step of the way and I still feel this way like and I haven't really said anything like too crazy about my Chicago marathon time goal yet for this year but it is just like sometimes I feel like when I'm going to say something I'm like oh people are going to be like she can't do that like mm. I don't know it's it's almost more of like thinking of what someone else is going to think yeah sometimes too and like I have fear of that of yeah. people being like what is she saying like what does yeah. she even who does she think she is you know mm -hmm. which is like scary but I think it's just like the more times that I that I prove to myself and, and that's why I love running like running is just kind of like the medium through which I'm learning all of these things but they ha it like has much broader applicability to the rest of your life and everything you want to do but it's just like once you prove to yourself one time like I set this goal I believed in myself and I did it that like muscle in you starts to grow and you're like I can do it again I can do it again and it's it's really crazy to see that happen. But I, I mean, I was like, when I met Brett five years ago, if you can ask him, I mean, I was so not confident in myself at all. Like this was when I was first starting out where we met a week into working. We met actually the first day we worked at the same company. We were analysts at the same investment banking company and he had interned in investment banking before and I hadn't. Mm. And I was so, so self-conscious of that. I was like, oh my, I don't know a single Excel formula. By the way, Excel is all I do now. Like it's like the only, <laughs> the only thing I'm good at. So 
it's just crazy. You can really learn. You can learn whatever you want to learn. But I was so self-conscious. I was like, I'm not smart enough. I mean, I've had imposter syndrome with everything. Like, I'm not smart enough. I'm like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not what literally whatever it is. Like, I'm not funny enough. I'm too loud. I'm like literally just with everything or just like these self-doubts and like not believing in myself or not liking myself. And it's like, if you don't like yourself, no one, no one else is going to like you. Like no one wants to be around somebody who's like having a pity party, you know, like it's crazy. Like once you start giving off, like just such positive energy, people are just attracted to you. People like want to be with you, want to run with you. Like it's like, and you just have such a crazy impact on the world, but it like literally has to start with you Mm. there. And it's confidence. Like, as I said, I I was not confident in myself. I'm much more confident in myself now. There are still many things that I want to be more confident in. And having, I was having conversation with Brett about this last night. It's a lot of things about work that I'm not confident in, but it's, it's because I haven't practiced them. Mm. And confidence doesn't just come out of thin air. Confidence comes from practicing something all the time consistently. And that's why, like, even with running, like being your biggest cheerleader, it's like, you have to practice showing up every day, proving to yourself you can do it and hyping yourself up. I mean, you're just going to have to keep doing that again and again, you know, and it's anyone can do it. It really is not a secret, but it's like, it really isn't the consistency of doing something every day and whatever you want to be confident at, just like practicing that every day. Yeah. You know? And like, when you talk about like not liking yourself. Yeah. You did a podcast episode on like the whole strong, strong over skinny movement. Yeah that was, like, early in, like, the 2010s or something. Mm -hmm. Like, when thigh gaps were a thing and, like, all that sort of stuff. But I I feel like it was something that you would, like, like you were saying, like, you outwardly say. But I feel like, I don't know, for, like, someone like me, and, like, you've really posted a lot about this, which I love, but, like, being proud of your strong body as a Mm -hmm. female because, like, you know, you look at, like, some of these, like, I don't know, like, for example, like, models on Instagram, like, growing up, and, like, they're really skinny, and they're really thin, and, you know, I feel like so many females can relate to, like, the idea that you spend so much of your life trying to, like, change your body and change how you look to be a certain way, when instead, I feel like what I've loved about, like, your focus on strength training the past eight weeks is, like, how strong can I get? Mm -hmm. And, like, focusing on, like, you know, loving that you that your body is, like, able to get you through this and that Mm -hmm. your body can, like, continuously build muscle and, like, continuously get stronger. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this podcast that I had put out a couple weeks ago was, I was, I, I don't know what made me think about it, but this was, yeah, back when I first got Instagram, which was, like, years and years ago, probably 10 years ago at this point, there was this I mean, at first it was only models. This was when Instagram was just like static images. There wasn't like reels and stuff like that. So it was literally just like hot girls Mm -hmm. on Instagram. (laughs) That's all there was on there. And so it was just like, wow, all of these just completely unattainable figures for most people. But I mean, especially for somebody like me, I've always been muscular. Like it's so crazy that I used to be upset about that because I'm like, that is such a blessing for somebody who's like trying to, compete Mm. in running or like any sport competitively like and I was complaining about the fact that I had like muscle which Mm. is just wild to me like I'm so grateful for that now but yeah that's not how it was and then kind of I don't know when this happened but then this hashtag started going around it was strong not skinny yeah and I remember being like I know that I should want that and I'm like saying yeah like I want to be strong not skinny 
but that's not what I actually wanted. Like, mm. what I really wanted, like, deep down, I was like, no, I just want to be skinny. Like, I don't yeah. want to be strong. Like, I want to be skinny, like those models, because mm -hmm. they're really hot, honestly. Like, so surface level. Like, mm. that was really it. And I think that the concept that I had, like, there was two opposing ends of the spectrum. One, which was that you were a model, beautiful, and the other was that you were, like, a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I don't want to look like the bodybuilder. Like, mm. I don't want to be, like, so big and, like, look masculine basically i was yeah. like i don't want to i don't want to look like that and so though in my mind those were the only two options and i was like okay well we're gonna be skinny then because i cannot look like that and as time has gone by and i've like thought about this more and more like and not not that like your body type is the most important thing by any stretch of the imagination but like this is hard to talk about on social media and the right words too but it's like we're all humans and we're all aesthetically driven and we want to look a way that makes us happy, right? But the concept that I have in my mind now is like somebody who has a lot of muscle, like you can have a lot of muscle, but be lean. Like you don't have to be like this huge bodybuilder. First of all, if you're a female, you're probably not going to look like that unless you're like supplementing like crazy and yeah. eating 5,000 calories a day and like 200 grams of protein. Like you have to try so so, so, so hard to look like that, okay? <laughs> if you're a runner, you're probably never gonna be able to look like that because yeah. you're just running so much too. But it kind of, I was like, wait, there kind of is this middle, there's this middle ground where it's like, no, you can be really strong and really fit, but still be lean, still be agile. Still like, that's something that's important to me. Like, I don't, I wanna be agile. I wanna be like flexible. I wanna be able to move quickly, right? Especially for like a lot of these shorter distance races and even just like, you know, you want to, I want to feel light on my feet. I don't want to feel like really heavy and big and bulky, but mm. that's that there's not only two options. Like there's a way in which, first of all, there's a way to do anything. Like there's a way to strength train to maximize how, how physically large your muscles are, or just how much strength you have, which are two different things, by the way, like often they are correlated, but just because you have a larger muscle size does not mean that muscle is stronger. And it all has to do with like the recruitment of the muscle fibers. Like we can get way more into that because I love that stuff, but we'll save that for another time. But for runners, actually, a lot of the time, what's really important is like really gaining better neuromuscular control and neuromuscular connection, which is just really like how your brain speaks to your muscles. Mm. You want that to, you want that like process to be really quick. Mm. And you want like, you want you to be able to think you want to do something and boom, you can just do it. And so a lot of times for runners, it's not necessarily, oh, I'm going to, I personally do want to gain muscle mass like that. I just, I want to do that. That's a goal of mine. But even if that's not a goal of yours and you're a runner, strength training is still really important because you need to sharpen those neuromuscular connections not to mention that like especially as a female even muscle mass bone density like that's yeah. something as you get older and older like it's a lot harder to keep progressing in that capacity so if you are young and have the ability to do that now that's literally amazing that's like just a longevity thing that's not mm -hmm. running irrespective of running like having muscle mass first of all muscle is much more metabolically active than fat it's like i don't know why i ever wanted less muscle like having the most muscle is just amazing but I actually, so I was saying before, I hadn't uh, did any speed work for eight weeks, mm. come back, done it the past two weeks, and I'm already hitting paces that are way faster than I ever hit mm. in marathon training. And I was going hard. Yeah. And all I've done is strength train, mm. which is crazy. Like, I feel like my form is so much better. I was running on the treadmill the other day. I was taking a Peloton class and I was thinking, I used to take these classes and like, they used to feel really long to me and really hard to me. And like my form would really deteriorate towards the end. Mm. And I just felt like 
I don't know, like my posture was just so good. Like it was just easy for me to like keep my shoulders back and down, keep my head up, keep my hips kind of tucked yeah. under, have my feet fall right under my center of gravity, like without even thinking. Yeah. And it was just because I think my muscles are just so much stronger than they were before. Mm. And like, I want to run the fastest marathon that I could possibly run in my body. And I'm not going to get there by not doing strength training. Like strength training will be a huge component. It's something I'm really excited about going into this next year because it's actually not something that I was doing too heavily beforehand mm -hmm. and then I kind of got halfway into training for New York and I was like probably not a good idea to start you never want to start something really drastic like six mm -hmm. weeks out from a race you yeah, know it's like yeah. you know what I haven't gotten injured like knock on wood thank thank gosh but after the marathon is over and I was said this on my social media too I was like I'm going into like this season of strength that's what mm -hmm. I called it and I yeah I'm gonna be a lifelong strength trainer it's mm -hmm. it's so rewarding like you can I feel like running takes a lot longer to like really see improvements but yeah. strength training you go to the gym like two weeks and you've never gone before like you're gonna be like oh my god it's yeah. so addicting it's so crazy yeah so other than strength training what else are you might you change or not change ahead of Chicago this yeah. year because we're both running Chicago which is exciting I know um, <laughs> But I'm, I'm going to be really excited to see like what you do and like how you're kind of training. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. So something that I think I am constant. So Chicago is not until October 13th, 2024. It's currently like January. <laughs> She's got the date something like, in her head. <laughs> I know because that's the most important day. Of the no, stop. I'm getting married. June 1st is the most important day of the year. <laughs> no, but then October 13th is the second most important day. Um, <laughs> No, but yeah, and it's it, the new year. Just We just started the new year, so we yeah. have a lot of time until then. And so I was actually talking to one of the people who heads up my run club, and he was saying, you know, it's actually probably really pertinent for you to concentrate on short distance. Like, yeah, short, okay? I'm not running an 800, all right? <laughs> but I am doing a 5K, I'm doing a 10K, and I'm doing a couple half marathons. And so yeah. really, like, dialing into those shorter distances, which with that comes a lot of like track track style workouts yeah. so a lot of like you know the 400 meter repeats 800 meter repeats mm -hmm. thousand meter repeats which are I mean those are not fun you know <laughs> those hurt yeah you're not going to get better by feeling good all the time no um and I'm not talking about pain like pain is not good if you're injured yeah don't push through that I'm yeah. talking about discomfort yeah it's uncomfortable to get faster mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily something that everyone wants. Like, again, some people just run for mental health. I'm not saying you have to go out there and, like, destroy yourself trying to, like, you know, train Only for a some race. some of us want to do that. Okay. <laughs> but if you do want to, I will be your biggest supporter and follow me at Passive Flow. No. Um, um, but I think, I actually think that concentrating on those shorter distances, in addition to adding on that strength training, will yeah. pay a lot of dividends when it comes to me, you know, after my honeymoon, it's over in June. That's when I'm going to start up training for Chicago. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, I really think it'll pay itself forward. And so mm. last year was totally about endurance for me. I really wasn't focusing on like those faster style workouts. I wasn't focusing on strength training. So I think a lot of it is like me honestly just focus on, focusing on kind of more strength and power mm. for the first part of the year, just so I can kind of build up that tolerance to doing those types of workouts so that I can even bring that with me into my marathon training and, you know, do a little bit, yeah, a little bit more of like the speedier kind of more powerful workouts, both on the resistance side and the running side. Yeah. I think, you know, we'll see. I, yeah. I don't know. I've never done it before, but I'm, I'm feeling good about it. And I think 
I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, I was happy with my training last year though. Yeah. I think I really had a really good structure. So I'm not like looking to change anything crazy. It, it will be about like pushing myself and hitting even faster times in my speed work. But again, most of your running is not done fast. So most of my training will still remain the same, mm -hmm. just like with small tweaks. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, on that note, I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And it's going to be so exciting to see how you do in Chicago and we'll see you in Chicago. Yes. Um, but to end the episode, I think it'd be interesting to see if there is one piece of like controversial, like running myth that you want to debunk. Cause I think there's a lot that goes around. Mm -hmm. Like so many people are on, you know, social media right now, like training for marathons and a lot of people are putting things out there. What is something as a soon to be certified running coach that you see that you could debunk. This was not Ooh. on the agenda, by the way. So yeah, I've, I've she's really- I've thrown a spanner into the works. <laughs> well, there's a couple things. I think one is that I feel like just everyone hears all the time is like, like either, either running is bad for you or like mm -hmm. running's not good for females or running's bad for your knees or like, yeah. it's just, that is not true, okay? Overuse is a real thing. Overuse injuries are 100% a real thing, but when you play tennis too much, you get tennis elbow, okay? No one's going out there saying tennis is bad for you. You're just overusing yeah. that muscle, those tendons, those ligaments, right? So overuse of anything is gonna not be a good thing. And when people start getting into running, there's there's kind of this concept that like your cardiovascular capacity will increase at a faster rate than your than your muscular capacity. Mm -hmm. So if you're not used to running and you're like, wait, I'm, oh my gosh, I can run 10 miles, I can run 15 miles, but you haven't actually put like the strength work behind it or let your muscles acclimate to doing those types of motions, you're gonna get injured right away. And that's why a lot of new runners get injured because they're like, no, I can do it, I can do it. It's like. I understand like your lung capacity and the way that your body carries oxygen. It's like working great. Like you can do it, but your muscles aren't ready for that yet. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of injuries occur. And then people are like, well, I wasn't running before. And then I started running and then I got injured. So running must be bad for you. Yeah. In every study that's ever been done, running has, for your knees specifically, like running has been shown, you cannot be a lifelong runner without actually building up the cartilage in your knee, mm -hmm. building it up, not breaking it down every study that's ever been done. There's also studies that have been done comparing walkers and runners and like uh, what percentage of those groups get hip surgery. Walkers get hip surgery a lot more frequently than runners. Like running is so good for you. It increases your bone density and increases your cardiovascular capacity. It's just like, it's, it, it, you know, I'm, it's actually, I think a lot of studies have proven like you can like really use it to combat like depression and anxiety and stuff like that. And I'm not a doctor or anything, but um, from my own experience, that is true. And so, yeah, I think just that concept of like, or certain people can't run or just running's not good for you or whatever mm. it is. It's like, I think again, a lot of new runners struggle because they go too fast yeah. and get injured. And I see a lot of people now who just start running and they're like, I started running three months ago. I'm gonna run a marathon. I'm yeah. like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like more power to you if like maybe you're a unicorn and you know exactly how to train and how to do it. But that's, to, in my opinion, the quickest way to never run again. Mm. Like yeah. let yourself enjoy it. Let yourself like build up the capacity to actually sustain that type of, you know, movement before you are, you know, signing yourself up for, for a marathon. You don't Mm, maybe this is another one. Like you don't need to run a marathon to be a runner. You don't need to run any races to be a runner. You don't need to run any paces to be a runner. If you are running, you are a runner, yeah. like point blank. Yeah. So anyway. Mic drop. My, I don't, my little mic is here. I'm not going to take it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
But I think that is such a good point to end on. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I'm going to give the floor back to you to share how people can find you, follow you if they don't already. You've got lots of different ways to find you. You've got the podcast. Her podcast, I when I found it at first, I absolutely <laughs> binged it. Um, I'm not going to lie. Wait, that and... means so much. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is crazy. You probably feel this way with social media too. But like we sit here by ourselves and just talk. Yeah. And it's hard to understand that there are actually people like consuming the content on the mm -hmm. other side because I'm like, is anyone listening? I feel like, <laughs> but thank you. Podcasts are the worst because you're literally like either talking into a mic or a computer. It's like, yeah. there's no one, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, share what ways yeah. people can find you. Yeah. So fast and flow, um, on TikTok and Instagram and then fast and flow, um, on podcasts. You can find me anywhere, Spotify, Apple podcasts, anything. Um, but yeah, fast and flow. So right. my whole family started referring to me as fast and flow now. <laughs> They're very supportive. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you again yes. so much for coming on. We'll have everything linked below yes. and we'll see you in Chicago. Yes. Oh my gosh. My heart is so full. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. Huge thank you to Catherine for coming on the podcast and being our first in-person podcast live from London. I'll have all of her info linked in the show notes of the episode. If you ever have any questions, just feel free to reach out. Otherwise, I will look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye.